we have a principle here, don't we? The death of the Savior might seem tragic and awful, and it might seem like a defeat, but in reality, it was one of the most incredible, glorious, fruit-producing things that could have ever happened. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today on In Grace, we will continue a message that we started yesterday where it was Jesus predicting his day and way of death, which is incredible to me how God would know that, how God can know the future. And we know that the prophets predicted this as well, but now it's in Jesus' last days on this earth, and he is telling his disciples that he's going to be dying and that he is going to be raised again. And we're also seeing Jesus teaching in the temple. The temple was a focus of Jesus' life, especially, of course, when he was in Jerusalem. But now he is doing his final teachings there. He's also answering questions. The religious leaders are trying to trip him up because they hate him. He is taking or trying to take away their authority and their power by the words he is saying about them. He's not very complimentary, which uh, he shouldn't be. But uh, he, here we're going we're gonna to find out some really interesting and important things about Jesus and his last few days. So I'm excited about preaching this message in just a moment. Right before we do, let me tell you that In Grace is coming to your area if you live in Wisconsin or if you live in northeastern Illinois. We are going to be in the Waukesha, Wisconsin area, the Milwaukee area, coming up this Saturday at the Dayspring Baptist Church. My friend, Pastor Dan Rehoff, will be with us. We'll be bringing you special music, uh, some gifts, and I'll be speaking there as well. And it's a free event, but you do need tickets. Go to ingraceradio.com and click on on Gather in Grace. And those of you that live in the Chicago area, we're going to have an event in Downers Grove, Illinois on the following Saturday on January 28th, Belmont Bible Church. My friend, Pastor Mark Moore will be there. Same thing. We'd love for you to join us at one of those events if you happen to live in the Midwest. Now, for those of you that live all across the country, we are broadcast in 550 different stations. And so we want to make it to you eventually. Let us know if you'd like a Gather in Grace in your area, and we will do our best to get there one of these days. Go to ingraceradio.com for more information. We also are excited because we have an Alaska cruise coming up this July. If you'd like to see the beautiful creation of God in Alaska and go on a cruise with Ingrace, check that out on our website, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel. Now we'll flip over to John. So we've been in Matthew, we've been in Luke, and now we're going to John. And by the way, these passages, they're only in those particular Gospels. So we don't have any redundancy in any of these three uh, little hints at Jesus' last few days. John 12, we're given some interesting details about some people that wanted to come and have an, an audience with Christ. And it talks about Greeks. So let's read it and then we'll, we'll figure out who these people are. John 12, verse 20. It says, and there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. So here's the question. Were these Jewish people living in Greek areas? I doubt it. My guess is these were not Jewish people living in Greek areas, but these were Greeks 
living in Greek areas of the world, but they would travel to Jerusalem, especially on this big day. This is the biggest day, the day of Passover. And they would come because they were either intrigued by the God of Israel or they believed in the God of Israel. And uh, they were there to worship. And I'm not sure exactly who this group was, but I do know what Jesus said to them. And I do know that Jesus did not come only to save the Jew. He is Jewish. He was predicted to come through a specific line of Jewish people. Of course, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Judah. And then eventually David. And that was his line. He didn't come just to save the Jews. As a matter of fact, Jesus spent a considerable amount of time bringing the gospel to other people. And especially, we, we think of the woman at the well. She was Samaritan. Now, let me just tell you something that happened on this trip that I've never, ever experienced in my life. We had already been to Mount Ebal. You know, there's two mountains on either side of present-day Nablus. Okay, Nablus is the Arabic way to say Nopolis. Nopolis is new city, okay? So Shechem was the old city. Nopolis or Napoleus is the new city. It was a Roman city built in the time of Christ. And on either side of what's present-day Nopolis were two mountains. You remember the two mountains when Israel first came into the land? Mount Ebal was the Mount of Cursing, and that's where Joshua built an altar. We, we told that whole story. But I'd never been on Gerizim. Gerizim is the Mount of Blessings. You remember the Samaritan woman said, we worship on Gerizim. The Samaritans had kind of a hybrid religion. They had taken paganism and Judaism and met, put it together, and they weren't allowed to worship in Jerusalem, so they built a temple on Mount Gerizim. And there's actually ruins of that temple still there today. We got there after it had closed, but to get to that ruin, we drove up this winding road to the top of Mount Gerizim, and we passed all of these men with white robes. And the women weren't dressed with white robes, but they were dressed incredibly beautifully. We're like, I've never seen anyone look like this in Israel. They didn't like look like Jews, Orthodox, secular. They didn't look like Arabs, Christian, or Muslim. Like, who are these people? And the driver, who is Palestinian, said, they are Samaritans. I'm like, what? They're still Samaritans? Yeah, they are. They're still Samaritans. Remember when Jesus got done talking to the woman at the well and she went off into her city of Sychar and brought people back and Jesus started talking about the fields white unto harvest? I think they wore the same white. And as they were coming to meet Jesus, who this woman was telling them all about, he looked at this group of people in white. So we, we get out of the van. And I'm like, well, let's try to interview them and, and tell the story. So we get in. All of a sudden, they had a little drum. They start beating the drum and they start whoo, waving and, and hooting and stuff. I'm like, oh boy, I don't know what we're in now. But like, we're really, we're literally swept up into a parade. We're now going through the city with this group of Samaritans. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing. But boy, they were excited. So they went into somebody's house. And we got up all the steps and almost went in. And all of a sudden, they all came out of the house. So we went out of the house. We finally were able to ask them, what in the world is this? 
uh, and they said, there's gonna be a wedding. Oh, there's gonna be a wedding. Is it today? Because they're all dressed up. No, 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 it's in three days. We're inviting people to the wedding. Like, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden it comes flooding back. Jesus told about going into the highways and the byways to bring people to the wedding. And so it was that there's about a thousand Samaritans in Israel today. And that's it. But there's still Samaritans and I was able to be in a parade inviting people to some wedding. I don't even know who was, who was getting married. So, so anyways, I don't know where we, how we got to that. How did we get to that? Oh, Samaritan. He didn't just come to save the Jews, did he? He, he came to save everybody. John 1, The next day, John seeth Jesus coming after him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the Jews. Wait, you noticed I said something wrong. I'm glad you noticed that. John said about Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the United States of America. No, it's, it's the world. It's everybody. Everybody. So as we went through Israel, we're on airplanes, we're telling everybody we met from Germany, from Canada, talked to people from all over the world on this trip, and we can tell them all that Jesus died for them. Jesus didn't come to just save the Jews. He didn't just come to save the Gentiles. He came to save the world. And that's a wonderful thing. John 12, 21, we continue about these Greeks that came to worship and they wanted an audience. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee. Now remember, that was one of the towns, one of the fishing villages next to Capernaum. That was Jesus' early ministry. And Philip was from that town, and others, Andrew and Peter, were from that town. So they come to Philip and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. We don't know a whole lot about Philip. This is really one of the only things that we read about him. There's a few other things. But Philip, all of the disciples, except for Judas, of course, were important. They might not have had the part of the inner circle. Maybe they weren't James and, and John and and Peter, but they were very important nonetheless, right? And here Philip, John 1 tells us that Jesus found Philip. Philip brought Nathanael to Jesus. Remember, he says, we found him of the, the Moses and the law and the prophets did write about him. So if Jesus found Philip, Philip found Nathanael. Uh, maybe he was the road manager. Jesus, when he was wanting to feed the 5,000, he came to Philip and asked Philip where we could buy bread for such a large multitude. Now, Philip failed the test. This could have been a moment of, of great faith for Philip. And Philip said, well, there's no way we could possibly buy enough food with all, just the money we have. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out In Grace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. From the iconic, delicate arch in Utah to the lesser-known arches in Arizona, Colorado, and Kentucky, this series showcases the stunning diversity of these natural wonders. But it's not just about the scenery. Amazing Arches also features Ph.D. astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner and Ph.D. geologist Andrew Snelling, who provide fascinating insights into the geology and history of these iconic landmarks. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe. 
Big Bang or Big God? Call now at 800-78-GRACE or visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. And Philip in John 12, 22, cometh and telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. So that must have been the hierarchy of, of the disciples. Of course, Andrew was maybe the one that would have access to Jesus at that moment. Either way, they came to Jesus with the request of the Greeks that they can have an audience with Jesus. In verse 23, Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, is he just talking to Andrew and Philip? Is he talking to the Greeks here? We don't know, but we know what he says is so important. It's coming really, really soon that the Son of Man will be glorified. You say, wait a second, I thought he was gonna die. How could he be glorified in death? I'm glad you asked because Jesus said in verse 24, verily, verily, of a truth I say unto you, except a corn or a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. So if that grain of wheat does not fall into the ground and die, it will just be one grain of wheat. But, Jesus says, if it die, it bringeth forth, what? Much fruit. So we have a principle here, don't we? That the death of the Savior might seem tragic and awful, and it might seem like a defeat, but in reality, it was one of the most incredible, glorious, fruit-producing things that could have ever happened. If a seed could talk, what would a seed say? If you take a seed and bury it into the ground, I bet you that seed would complain and mumble and grumble. Oh, what are you doing to me? You're putting me in this cold dirt. It's cold. It's dark. It's dirty. Well, it's dirt. Of course it's dirty. But the, earth, the seed might complain about all of this, but what glory is going to come out of that when that seed grows into how much? You don't know how much, how much could be in that seed. How many seeds could be in that seed? It's, it's almost beyond what we can comprehend, right? The potential in that. But if it hadn't died, if it hadn't been put into the ground, none of that glory could have happened. And that's what Jesus is saying. How could his death be a good thing? He had just predicted his death. So he teaches these Greeks and his disciples an important truth that is true of us. We need to let go of the things that we think are so important to our little lives and follow Jesus Christ come what may. John 12, 25 continues, he that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. So what, what does that mean? That just means that if you're loving your life and you have a bucket list and you kick that bucket you really haven't accomplished anything. But if you love Christ and want to serve him, people might think you're wasting your life. You know, some of the young people that decide to go to Bible college, they're, they're, their parents don't understand. They say, what are you doing? You're wasting your life. If they want to go out and be a missionary, I can't believe you would waste your life. But what are they really doing? They're gaining. They're gaining so much. They're sharing the gospel with other people. Now, does this mean if we serve the Lord, we gain eternal life? No, that's by faith in Christ, by trusting in him. But by serving the Lord, other people can hear the gospel. And we're gaining rewards, aren't we? We're regaining the joy of Christ in our life now and the rewards of Christ in eternity. 
It's a glorious thing. If any man, Jesus continues in John 12, 26, serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. Remember where he's going. Where is he going? Soon to the cross. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So it, it pays to be a servant of Christ, to be a lowly servant of Christ, doesn't it? So Jesus could look past his crucifixion and see glory. John 12, 27, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. He could have said, Father, save me from this, but he came for this, right? So he wouldn't say that. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. What would that voice have sounded like? And how startled would those Greeks and disciples have been? He's just talking about, Father, glorify thy name, and all of a sudden the voice from heaven says, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered, <laughs> uh, shook. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Somebody wrote this, comfortable or conformable? That is the question. If we are looking for comfortable lives, then we will protect our plans and desires, save our lives, and never be planted. But if we yield our lives and let God plant us, we will never be alone, but will have the joy of being fruitful to the glory of God. So what are you trying to achieve in your life? Comfort or being conformable unto the death of our Savior? Verse 31 of John 12, we continue. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And we're reminded of what happened in Revelation 12 when a star fell from heaven and went to the pit. Halfway through the tribulation, the devil no longer has access to God. As of right now, he does. He's accusing you. He's gonna be kicked out and he's going to be cast out of heaven. In verse 32 of John 12, and if I be lifted up from the earth, this is Jesus speaking, of course, will draw all men unto me. This, he said, signifying what death he should die. And so Jesus predicts being lifted up. You remember in John 3, he said, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He's predicting himself on a pole, on a tree, on a cross. And by the way, this is the answer to Calvinists that say that unless the Father draws people, they will never get saved. And I agree. But that doesn't mean that God is only drawing certain people. I believe the Spirit of God is drawing all men. And Jesus said that he's drawing all men. I believe all people can be saved, and that's what God's heart is. John 12, 34 continues, the people answered him, we have heard out of the law that Christ, this is the Messiah, this is from the Old Testament, abideth forever. So they were confused. How, how, why are you saying you're gonna die if, and you're saying you're the Messiah, but the, the Christ, the Messiah, needs to abide forever? How sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? And Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. 
He doesn't directly answer the question, but he says this, pay attention, the light is here right now. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goest. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from this. Let me just say this. Today is the day of salvation. Do not hesitate. Do not delay. The more you delay, the more a chance that you will harden your heart. And at a certain point, like Pharaoh hardened his heart, hardened his heart, hardened his heart, God will pull away the light and no longer will you see your need and see the Savior and there's gonna be a point where you won't be saved. Don't do that. If you're not saved, be saved today because the Lord can allow that blindness to be permanent as it says in John 12, 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Therefore they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted. Again, we're not saying that God is hardening and blinding people. They've already done this to themselves. And at a certain point, God pulls away the light and no longer can they see their need of a savior. And I should heal them. And then verse 41, these things saith Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. This one that would die and rise again, this Jesus. May we see Jesus. I hope that you can see him. I hope that you know him. Abraham Lincoln, as he was being brought on his funeral train, made a stop in Albany, New York. And he was on his way to Illinois. And his body was carried through the street. And people say that a, a black woman stood upon a curb and lifted up her little son as far as she could, reach above the heads of the crowd, and was heard to say to her little boy, take a long look, honey, he died for you. And so Jesus died for you. He predicted his death. He predicted the day. He predicted the way. And he is the way. And if you'll trust in him, you will be saved. And not spend eternity in hell, but spend eternity with him in heaven. If you've not received that gift, please accept it today by faith. If you have questions about eternal life, about salvation, don't delay. Ask those questions. Call us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com and ask your question there. Right before we go, I am so excited that In Grace can come to you. We have two Gather in Grace events coming up, one in the Milwaukee area, one in the Chicago area. Uh, one is this Saturday, one is next Saturday. If you'd like more information, go to ingraceradio.com and then click on the Gather in Grace events for your free tickets. We're going to try to make it to the rest of you across the country one of these days. Let us know if you'd like In Grace to come to you in one of these other cities. Uh, don't forget that we have a brand new video series called Amazing Art 
Arches, where we go with Dr. Danny Faulkner to see some beautiful arches in the east in Red River Gorge in Kentucky. And then we go out west to see the incredible red sandstone arches of Moab and other areas out there. This is a video series, a four-part video series that's brand new. And I'm going to thank you for your gift to Ingrace to make sure we keep broadcasting the gospel on your station by sending you this video series for your gift of any amount. If your gift can be $25 or more, we're going to send you a second powerful video series that proves that there is a God and proves creation. That's called Our Amazing Universe, Big Bang or Big God. That also features Dr. Danny Faulkner, who is a PhD astronomer. We would love to send you these video series today. Contact us right now. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out Ingrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Ingrace Radio.